Hello to our family and friends. Thank you for joining another T-West devotional podcast where we take time to refocus, refresh, and reflect on God's Word. It's amazing to have you join us today, and we pray that by God's grace, you will be blessed by what is presented. My name is Pastor Fred Nichols. I am the lead pastor for this amazing congregation, and today I want to just focus on simply God, the amazing God himself, and I hope that you are blessed by what you hear today. direct your attention to the reality that God is God. We must never forget in our pursuit to understand him that he is still a divine being. He is above us, way above us. The Bible says his ways are not our ways. I direct your attention to the book of Isaiah chapter 46 verse 9 and verse 10, which says, remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God and there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. Now, it sounds like arrogance, doesn't it? It is true, God does whatever he pleases. And it really does sound like arrogance when you hear the words and when you listen to them from the, from the writer of Isaiah, who says of this of God that he does whatever he pleases. That really does sound like somebody who wants to have their way all the time. But you have to remember something about God. Number one, God does not need your permission to be God. God was God way before you even existed. As a matter of fact, the very first words of the Bible state, in the beginning, God created. The biblical author, who was Moses, does not assume that God became at the moment he created. What he does is that he writes in a way that tells us that God already was before creation came into being. God existed, and he existed way before the earth was and before you and I became sentient beings. This relates to us that God is our creator, and the creator can never be controlled by the created. It is so funny to me how we sometimes minimize the idea of God or the concept of God in a way to make him minuscule so that we can either understand him, which is a feeble attempt to put him under our control, or so that we can relate to him. And while God does condescend to man, for he came in the form of Jesus, who's capable of understanding who we are, and thus giving us a window into who he is, he is far more than just the human being that he still is. He is a God who had no beginning and who has no end. He is incomprehensible by us. The word tells us that our most intelligent ideas and thoughts are as foolishness to him. It's as if a baby that's babbling trying to sound educated to an adult. That's how God thinks about our surmisings. It is amazing to me that we can minimize him that way, but the truth is he doesn't need us 
and our permission in order to be God. He is God all by himself. The second thing is that God does not need your approval in order to be God. I think sometimes we believe that God relies on our praise. It is said in ancient times of some of uh, the Greek gods and the ancient Persian gods that they needed the accolades of the people that worshiped them in order to maintain their power as a god. In other words, uh, in Greek mythology, it is stated that the god Zeus, who was supposed to be the lead god of all the pantheon of gods, that unless his worshipers went to his temple and worshiped him and praised him and brought sacrifices to him, then if they did not do that, his power would diminish. The more that they did that, the more he grew in power. It was expected that Zeus of all the gods had the most followers, and that's what made him the most powerful. And the truth is, they were right. Let me explain why. They were right because if the god Zeus, which was created by the mind of man, needed human praise in order to be powerful, then of course, without human praise, he's going to be impotent. Because if we created him, we can control him. But we didn't create God. And God doesn't need our approval to be God. God is going to be God with or without your consent. And check this, he's still going to be God with or without your belief. Your belief in him or your non-belief in him does not affect whether or not he is God. He literally, according to the text we just read, does whatever he pleases. And he doesn't need our approval to do it. Why? Because he is God. Now, the most amazing revelation about him comes to us in the Bible from 1 John chapter 4. I believe it is verse 8 that says, God is love. He embodies what love is. And because he is love, that means he will never take an action that is going to be to our detriment he will always take actions that will be to our benefit. And that's what makes him different as a divine being. He's not vindictive. He doesn't hold grudges. He's not trying to uh, put us in a position where we are inferior to him and reminded of it often and reminded of how angry he is of us. No, he is love. And love will never force you to do what you don't want to do. Love will always give you a chance to be loved. God wants to love. And that's what makes him God, is that his love is so contagious that when you really open yourself and avail yourself to it, you realize his divinity because only somebody that divine could love that deeply. One of my favorite authors says that if you could take all the love of humankind throughout all the history that has ever been created, and you could put it together in one total ball, when compared to God's love, that entire ball of human love that has ever existed will be but a droplet in the ocean, vast ocean, that is God's love. God doesn't need that permission. And the final thing we need to understand about the God that we serve is this. That God is not a passive observer of our existence. There are some people who are called agnostics. And agnostics are individuals who believe that there is a divine being or a higher power, as they call him, who is capable of being divine, 
but who is not interested in the course of human history. They believe that there is a God, but that he's not involved in our day-to-day lives and not involved with what happens to this planet. That couldn't be anything further from the truth. I'm telling you, God is not a passive observer of the course of human history. As a matter of fact, he is the director of the course of history. Everything moves in this earth and happens on this world for a purpose. The purpose is to usher in his second coming. See, God has a plan, and his amazing plan is to redeem us from the depth of sin. God is going to redeem us one of these days from all the things that has ever brought pain and sorrow to our existence. Not only will he redeem us from those things that affect us through that avenue of pain and sin, but he's also going to redeem us from our sins. As a matter of fact, he is actively looking to do that right now. God is trying to redeem us even now, actively, from the sins that hold us back from experiencing eternal life. And all we have to do is reach out and take it. Thank God for his amazing grace, that we can just reach out and grasp hold of the reality of his salvation. And if we but freely accept it, because he doesn't ask for payment, if we but freely accept it, then we will be of all men most happy that even when there's sorrow around us, we can, as the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, sorrow as others. We, we sorrow not as others that have no hope. We have a hope, and that hope is in Jesus Christ. And the hope is the fact that God is still watching over humanity, still invested in the course of human history, and is still working things out for our good. He is God. He's going to be God regardless of whether you love him or not. He's going to be God regardless of whether you believe in him or not. And here's the merciful thing about him, which I think is also so amazing, is that if we don't believe, still new every morning are his mercies towards us. God supplies us with what we need every day so that we can continue to live the lives that we're living. He just wants us to live it better. His mantra when he was on this earth as a savior was, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. God wants to give us life. He wants to give us his all. He wants to give us his complete uninterrupted love. And all we have to do is just avail ourselves to it. I praise God that he is God. And I praise God that his emotions are not, are not triggered into a negative spin-off when we don't accept him as God. My earnest prayer for us today is that we get to a place where we accept him as the God that he is. As we wrap up this devotional moment, I want to relate to you an experience that I had when I was a child. It's funny how when we are children, we think that sometimes that we are we are on the same level as our parents. I'll never forget one day I was uh, doing something that my father didn't like, and he had to scold me for it. And when he scolded me for it, I remember I responded to him. Now, I can't remember exactly what I said to him, but I responded in a way that did border the, border the realm of disrespect. And my father looked at me and he said to me, boy, don't forget yourself. He said, you, I don't need you to validate me as a father. 
I'm your daddy, whether you like it or not. And that thing stuck with me. And it stuck with me because it reminded me that he was in charge and I wasn't. Every now and then, God will remind us that he's in charge. And he's still reminding us through Isaiah that he is in charge. I praise God that he is in charge and not me. I pray your day is blessed. I want to wish all of you a very happy new year since this is the first podcast of the of 2022. I pray that God will bless you abundantly in this year, that you will see uh, his, his, his character even more implanted in your life. And as we move toward his amazing second coming, that you will draw closer to him, love him more as he loves you without fail. God bless you. Have an amazing, amazing day. Give me.